Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Who are these guys dressed up in the Moonlighter costumes? Well, those are the seven on-field officials that oversee the rules of the game. That referee there, he's the boss. Kind of like Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab. Except the referee wears a white hat and isn't talking about money all the time. <laughs> uh, what was the name again? I keep forgetting the name there, Josh. The Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks. <laughs> Sandy Cheeks. I'm not a big SpongeBob watcher, but I did watch about a half of the Nickelodeon broadcast last night. A little less than that. I thought it was really good. And they had a lot of those characters, and I forget their names because I'm not totally like into it. But, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick, right? Is it Patrick? Yes, and he, Patrick Starr. Like, yep. he, he, he speaks in a certain way that it's very recognizable, right? Yep. And sometimes he'd come on and you'd know it was him. The graphics were amazing. Like The way they put the graphics into the game, it just is super cool. And how they're they're slime when someone scores a touchdown they're sliming them on the graphics. Yep. You get in the red zone it's you know red and it's there's cannons and fire there's there's water everywhere and bubbles. I mean literally this is true. At one point, my wife said to me, she goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "I've been watching for the last five minutes thinking there was something like wrong with the screen. I saw like bubbles. Now I realize it's because of the Nickelodeon. Like she didn't know. She didn't know the difference. It was pretty cool." <laughs> Did uh did you get any viral mo- remember when uh Patrick Starr trolled Russell Wilson when he threw an interception last year? Did we get any of that or did they uh they lay off the players a little bit? I don't think we got that. Mm, what I liked okay. though was there was always a like there was a graphic that they would show when something would happen and they put words at the bottom that kind of were funny. And I, I should have okay. remembered some of them. I just remember one was there was a personal foul penalty and at the bottom it said, Yeah, you can't do that. For Travis Kelsey, they had uh, Taylor's boyfriend, and then in the stats box, it said "really good at football." Really good at football. (laughs) Yes, yes. They they when they did bios, they like gave. um, I think they gave Harrison Butker glasses. Mm -hmm. You know, and like because he for whatever reason, and like Noah Noah Eagles, like yep. As a member of the, he said, as, what he said was a member of the Four Eyed Club. You know, I really appreciate you guys doing that, putting it on there. And like they drew things and they put, oh yeah, favorite ice cream flavor. Not the normal stuff you get, right? Right. No. You got to, you got to have a little bit of that fun stuff if you're going to do a Nickelodeon yeah. podcast. They had the real, it was cool. they had the real actors too, I guess. The, I think the last, when I mentioned uh, Patrick Starr like trolled Russell Wilson last year, that was like, AI generated commentary, I guess, oh. from the cartoon character. But this was like the voices of 
the characters on the actual show were like behind the scenes, like doing the voices. What I really love, though, I just I think this should be somehow incorporated more into every regular broadcast. Let's play that again. This what um, cheeks? What's the uh, Sandy, Sandy cheeks? cheeks. Yep. Okay, jo- Josh, you have the sound again. I want to fire this up. Okay, all right. Here's the sound again from Sandy Cheeks. There's a point I want to make about this sound. This, it doesn't have to come from Sandy Cheeks. It could come from Evan Washburn. It could come from Tony Romo. It doesn't matter. Somebody, okay? Even if it's Gene Steratore, I wouldn't mind. I love this. Go ahead, play Sandy Cheeks, and I'll tell you why. Who are these guys dressed up in the Moonlighter costumes? Well, those are the seven on-field officials that oversee the rules of the game. That referee there, he's the boss. Kind of like Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab. Except the referee wears a white hat and isn't talking about money all the time. Okay, Joe. People just learned way more about the NFL during that little 20-second bit, if you were watching Nickelodeon, than probably millions and tens of millions of people watching uh, who didn't watch it. They, uh-huh. they learned, hey, how, how many people would know, Joe, if I said right now, how many officials are on the field at one time? I, you'd be like, uh, I think six, seven, uh, right? right. Like uh-huh. there'd be people, you might know, I don't know, but a lot of people wouldn't. Sandy Cheeks comes out and says, who are the people in the uh, stripe? Oh, yeah, those are the seven on-field, so, tells you the fact right there, seven on-field officials. Then explains who the white hat is. Now, I think most people who watch football would probably discern who the yeah. referee is, but I bet you millions of people watching yesterday would not know if I just said randomly at a Super Bowl party, hey, how do you determine who the referee is versus the line judge and the back judge and that person? I bet you a lot of people would have no idea. I need more of that in a broadcast. Yeah. I So I'm going to be uh, – I'll be the, the jerk here who says, okay. I think I need two different broadcasts then because – okay. The, the there was the door of the explorer explorer one too, or she's explaining like what a personal foul is or whatnot. Yep, I I'm love that. I'm someone that like when the college football national championship is on, I like the coach's room, for instance. Like I want the okay. hardcore stuff, but I'm I'm probably not the norm, right? I'm not the the normal demo for the majority of the viewer. I think if I got real pedestrian explanations like that, that would drive me nuts. But I do think there's value to it because you're probably right. The majority of people watching, they don't know that. They don't know this stuff. Like they, that would be valuable to have explained to them. So, you know, at the same time, I should. I'm not the demo anyway because I'm at like parties usually for the Super Bowl and I can't hear what they're saying anyway because there's enough people talking. So I'm good with it. And, wh- and and why is it on? And why are they doing it, doing the Nickelodeon thing? They're getting a new generation of fans, right? Right. Yes. So like my son, who's ten. And I want to make it clear, Joe, I totally respect what you're saying. Like, I don't need to watch it. I know this stuff. Yeah. I just think it's very valuable for the casual football fan. If you want to really educate your fans, you need more of that in some way. Yes. And and you're right. Maybe it comes from a second broadcast. But I also don't think there's anything wrong. And I'm not saying hammer it. But if you had a regular CBS broadcast, right? Mm -hmm. And you like something, you know, they we we hammer, oh, don't bring Gene Steratore in, right? What if every once in a while, wouldn't it be beneficial if on a regular broadcast They'd say, hey, let's go throw it to Gene Sterator. And Gene would say something like, hey, just so everybody's aware, when you see this official here, that's the back judge. Here's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. You don't think that's valuable? I think if you had a guy like Gene or uh, could be Dora uh, <laughs> right. doing there that quickly, right, because what percentage of the broadcast are you really spending on that? It's not like it's a very high percentage. 
So, no, that's right. Yeah, I think it well, was definitely the other part of this is the other part of this is to me, Joe, is um, some of the color analysis you get, the color commentary, can be way over people's heads. Sometimes I think Romo can mm. kind of do like that's why. Like I love when Romo came out and he's predicting plays, but I don't need all that. What I need is who's the guy I really like? The guy in Fox. I told you his name. Uh, I watched him. Um, um, no, I can't think of his name now. He does the college uh, bro- broadcast. On not Fox. not Olson. No, the college broadcast. No. Oh, Joel. Yeah, Klatt? yeah, yeah. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah, love Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt, this is what Joel Klatt does. If you watch a broadcast with Joel Klatt, you are smarter because he explains football a little bit better. And he does it at a very nice level for people to understand and say, hey, look at the tight end here. He's doing this because of this. And I love that. I don't think you get a lot of that from color analysts. And I will tell you, I think Eric Wood is as good as it gets on radio, but it's radio and it's hard for him. He can't show you the picture. But Eric will explain mm-hmm. after a play what the offensive line did. And I think the, I think the, the greatness of Eric, to be honest with you, after working with him now for a few years, mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. After a play is over, he knew exactly what every offensive lineman did. It's amazing. <laughs> like it's like yeah. he'll recall it and he watches the 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 broad he watches it live from up top. And as soon as a play's over, he'll say, Oh, what a block by this guy. And I'm like, How did you know that? He was the he was the backside guard, right? Like he sees that. That's the charm of someone like him that's so good at what he does. To me, I just need I, I liked it for this reason. Yes. I get it. I don't want to hammer everybody over the head with it. I know what you're saying. Totally agree. But when Dora came on and said, personal foul on whoever it was, by the way, here's the definition of a personal foul. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet you people probably would want to know. What's the difference between that and an unnecessary or an um, unsportsmanlike conduct? Just little things like that uh, I'd be interested in. Let's go to Ryan in Buffalo. Ryan, how are you, man? Welcome to WGR. How you doing? Yep. Um, Good. So the coin toss last night, which was uh, the, obviously the Niners took it in overtime, and I'm just really surprised at all the backlash because I'm thinking that's the right play every single time. I mean, if if you match points on the first drive for each team, either no points, three points, touchdowns, they're probably going to go for two the second team to avoid giving the other possession back. But you're, you're missing out on them. It's sudden death after the first two possessions if you match points. So I would think I'm just very surprised that Shanahan's getting a ton of backlash for taking the ball when I think it's the right move every time. Yeah, I de- think it depends though. Like uh, it depends how you play it, who the coach is. I think you gotta you gotta have the right mentality if you're going to go first because if you don't, you're really giving the second team an advantage. Like to me. Andy Reid, the thing I would have, if I'm a Niners fan, the thing I would have been confident in or I would have been hopeful about heading into overtime is Andy Reid in some critical moments can be just a little bit too conservative. And he's been like that really forever. I think he more than makes up for it with the rest of it, but he, he is that way. And if I'm a Niners fan, if I take the ball first and I take that field goal on fourth and four, down inside the 10-yard line. I have pushed Andy Reid into being the aggressor. I have pushed Andy Reid into, okay, I got fourth and short on my own 30-yard line. He knows he's got to go for it. Where maybe, I think probably not, but maybe if the Chiefs had the ball first and they got to the same spot they were in, fourth and short on your own 30, instead of, well, you've got to go for it because if you don't, the game's over. If they go first, do they punt it? Uh, maybe not, but I think he might. And you're pushing Andy Reid into he's not even has doesn't even have a decision. You're 
making him become the aggressor. And that's where I think you try to play the game. I think the game to be played here is not about do you go first, do you go second. It might be who's your opponent. What are this coach what's this coach's tendencies? Because now it's I think it's a chess game between coaches with this rule, given that it seems to me that all the analytics people and all the, the, the former coaches that were talking about it, like last night, are like, no, this is 50-50. There's, there's really good arguments on both sides. I think it mm-hmm. becomes a chess match for how you do fourth downs, how you, you, know, how you go about you know, field goal decisions, um, how, you, how aggressive you play with down the field stuff. Like, I think a lot of that starts to become what's going to be critical in, in the playoff overtime. Let's marry the two points we just made, the overtime rule and the explanation rule. I did not think they did a very good job on the broadcast of explaining the end of overtime and the timing. Okay. They did say there was no rush. Okay. Tony Romo and Jim Nance made it clear there's no rush. They they don't have to score here before zero. And they did and everybody kept saying it's the start of a new game. But Joe, I know that they didn't do a good enough job because I've had numerous people text me this morning. Or tweet at me and say, what would have happened if it was zeros on the clock? Right. So they didn't explain it well enough. Yeah. I also don't know why they have the clock. Right? Like, I mean... Because I, it... Well, go ahead. well, because it's quarters. It's, it's a new game. Because once, the, once it goes to zero, you do go to a second quarter, and then there's a halftime. Okay. They, oh, so they take a break? Well, you would... You would if... Well, you yeah, I don't know how long the break. It wouldn't be like Usher coming out again. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but it would yeah. be a halftime. It would it would literally in the if if they would have not scored there or tied it up. Let's say let's just say the Chiefs tied it up. I'm glad you asked this because this shows me again. A lot of people don't know actually how it works. So if the Chiefs had tied it up, they go to the then the clock goes to zero. They would just keep going, play a second quarter. Now at the end of that quarter, you got to score. Or you're going to halftime. Like, you got to score before it goes to zero. Or you're going to another break and we're because st- it's a new game you're playing. Oh, okay. That was the first quarter of a new game. Man, I think that's, that's, I don't know why they decided to do that. Why, why even have the clock? I mean, I get it. Like, I, I feel like you're, you're throwing a whole new wrinkle and you just don't even need it. Like, I, right. I, I'm making them now, like, you're, I don't think the clock needs to be an element here at all. I just don't think. Like I think that's a, I mean that's right as to why it exists. I just think you would be completely fine if the NFL just ditched the clock and said we don't need it. Here's the play clock. Here's the possession rules. Right, and that's it. Like I I don't need the clock at all. Um, well, can I throw a wrinkle into that for you? Yeah. What if it wasn't in a dome and it was windy? And then you, oh I see. Well, couldn't you could just flip after a possession, right? Isn't well, that what they could. do in college? Yeah, but I mean, isn't that that plays in a strategy of why you would have a clock to flip sides and make it a second quarter? But that's what it, the second quarter to me would start when we get to the, the okay. second set of possessions. <laughs> now you're talking even more strategy here, right? Because now it's not based on not based on time. You're right. You could second second yeah. possession. I want the wind with the second possession, or I want the ball. You know what I mean? Like all those things then would come into play. Now you're right, though. In this scenario, they're in a dome. There's no wind. There's no weather element. Right. But you could get that. You play a Super Bowl in Miami. We had a really rainy Super Bowl in Miami one time between the Colts and the Bears. If it's really windy. So, yeah. But to to answer everyone's question of who, if you did have a question, maybe you know, I got multiple texts this morning. I got people in radio texting me this morning. Hey, what would have happened if the clock ran out? Like, well, they just would have flipped sides. It was a new game. That was the first quarter of the new game. And guess what would happen in the second quarter? Two-minute warning. 
and end of the end of the half, we stop, we re-kick. Who would receive? So them? so 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 in the in the second half. So let's say you get to the third quarter. Now it's the Chiefs having to choose, but it's now a sudden Wait, death already. They would do another coin toss at halftime. No, they wouldn't do a coin toss. It would be them their choice because they lost the coin toss in the first coin toss. So they sense. would get the ball. It's a new game. First in the okay. Yes, but by then it's already by then it's already sudden death because you've gone a possession each. Yeah, man. By the way, Kyle Shanahan was one of the people texting Sal asking what would happen as the clock expired. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's go to Frank in Williamsville. Hi, Frank. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. I don't know if you've covered this yet, but um, the uh, the uh, color guy, what's his name again? Romo? For, for, yeah. He kept saying that it, it's, you get an extra down when you, when you defer the ball. You get, you get that fourth down. He kept saying it. Mm-hmm. Because you know what the other team did. So if they scored and you have, you know what you have to get to score, and that's, he says he says that's more of an advantage than getting the ball even even with neither team knowing what to do. You're feeling what I mean? Having 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 the other team go first, so you know what they did, what you have to get to meet meet or beat. That's that's an advantage, he said. I think it is an advantage to have yeah. a second an extra down. It's it's the theory of you know what your your opponent did, so you know if you have to match or not. Right. I do think that's an advantage. There's no doubt about that. But I think you have to weigh that advantage, Frank, versus if we have the same score, I now get it with a chance to win no matter what happens. Correct. But the thing is, he's like, Mahomes can score as many points or as little points as he wants. He knows exactly what he needs. And after watching that game, so I'm more thinking that the the hold is deeper than than ever for the Bills. I mean, I'm looking at the talent level. I haven't seen San Francisco play much. And obviously we see Kansas City play all the time. But it seems to me the kids that San Francisco got better special teams. They got a better kicker. The Chiefs got the best kicker in the league. Um, as far as wide receivers go, it's, it's San Francisco got much better than than, than our, our Bills do. It seems to me, and um, it, they're faster. And, and I just want to, like the speed of the game is, is faster when the for the other team. I don't know. Um, where, where do you think they, they all start? Obviously, Kansas City's got, they proved it they're number one. But where do you think the Bills line up with a team like San Francisco? And what about like looking into the future? We had to deal with Brady all these years. Now it's Mahomes. Are we ever going to win anything, Sal? Well, let me ask you this, Joe, and on Frank's question: How do you think the Bills matched up with the Niners? I think they would do a lot better offensively because the where the Chiefs are different. I think the Chiefs biggest strength in their defense. Not to take away from the D-line, because Chris Jones is amazing and Carl Loftus is pretty good, Amenihue is pretty good, but their strength of their defense is their secondary to me. Like, McDuffie and Sneed and Justin Reed, like, they can shut you down. They, The Niners have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and they combined for, like, less than 80 yards yesterday. Combined for less than 80 yards. Kittle, too, had nothing. They can cover you, and they did that against the Bills. I don't know. The Niners aren't the same. The Niners' strength is their front seven. And I think the Bills are more you know, more capable of handling that because of how strong their offensive line was this year versus, you know, you give the Niners, the Niners are a little bit weaker of a secondary. I think they would have had an easier time getting open. Um, so I don't know. I think I kind of think they, the Bills' offense might have done a little bit better against the Niners, but that's not to say they're terrible defensively or any by any means. Um, and how they would match up offensively. Could the Bills have done what the nine what the Chiefs did? Uh, it depends. Do I have the, do I have my linebackers when they play the Niners next year and they and they have do they have Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano because if they have those two 
then I think they can do every bit of what the Chiefs did defensively to the Niners yesterday. Were you impressed with Purdy? You know, he was fine. I, I was I was kind of it was curious to me that Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback article this morning kind of did like a whole paragraph giving Purdy credit for going toe to toe with Mahomes, like it was some epic quarterback battle. And I don't know. Again, I thought he was fine, no. but I didn't yeah. think he was great. He I don't think Mahomes was great either until the end when he needed yeah. to be make some plays. But right. I don't think he was great throughout the game. Yeah. So, like, Purdy, I don't know that he had a Jimmy Garoppolo moment where, oh, you had Emmanuel Sanders open to win the Super Bowl down the field and you missed. The closest I think you would get to that is Purdy drops back, here comes Chris Jones, and mm-hmm. he thro- Debo is beat Sneed. He is running to the end zone and mm-hmm. he is open. And that's a tough throw. I mean, you got Chris Jones in your face. So you, you are taking a hit to make that play. He got it off. I mean, he overthrew it. Um, that's that's the throw I think you'd want back. I think he can make that throw, but I, I like Mahomes maybe can make that throw. Maybe Allen can make that throw, given that the contact comes after the hit. It's not the same as when Allen missed Shakir, because when Allen got hit, he was in the process of making the throw. Purdy got hit after. He just knew it was coming. Um, That's the one where I think, you know, it, it, that was his moment. He could have been the Super Bowl hero with that pass in a tough spot, and he, he overthrew it. Let's go to Eric in New York. Hi, Eric. Hey, Sal. Hey, Joe. What's going on, guys? You know, hey, at the end thanks. of the game, I found myself scrambling a little bit as the Chiefs were driving, as people were asking, and I'm, and I, you think you know the game. What will happen if is the time does the time supersede the ability to have the possession, or is the, is the possession more important than the, what will happen? And so my question is this. In a hypothetical scenario, like what constitutes a possession in the NFL? If the team – wins the toss, right, let's say elects to kick, let's say, or defers, and does the onside kick and recovers it, does that mean the other team already had the possession or no? Yes, it I does. Guess. It's already, it's laid out in the rules. That that counts as a possession for the team that did not, that the receiving team, that you now have the ball and you can win the game right there. So that, that, that would be a possession. So it's actually, you don't actually have Correct. to possess the football. Do you know why? Because that's considered a turnover. That's a turnover, even though they never may have not touched it. Right? You kick it 10 yards, they don't Correct. touch it, you recover it. That's... And another question is, in the regular season, right, the rules are a bit different. You are afforded a possession if the other team kicks a field goal. What if the time runs out on you there where you did not finish that second drive? Uh, you, you didn't finish your drive for, you know, to try to tie the game. After the, the, the team kicked the field goal, you go the other way, the time runs out. Do you still – can you complete you lose. that possession or no? You lose. You lose. That's it. Okay. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, in the, in the regular season, you must finish it before the, the time expires because they only want you to play 10 minutes because of safety right. rules or whatever. Once the 10 minutes hits, the game is over, and we just – whatever the score is at that 10-minute mark is done. If you do not get your opportunity to continue your possession, you must – so if a team takes eight minutes to score, you get two. Got it. Thank you so much, guys. really appreciate it. You got it. You got it. A lot of stuff on this overtime stuff. It I, is crazy, right? The first year. I'd like to see this done in the regular season, by the way. I'd make it the same. Yeah. Those games matter, too. I know not like this, but this is this achieved what it was supposed to. It took, I mean, especially, you know, like there's Seth Walder telling you, or a, an analytics staffer in the NFL says, if you think you have an advantage one way or the other, I think you're probably wrong. 
that it's so close, it's so even, whether you take it first or second. But what that means is you've taken all the value of the coin toss out, which is exactly what you want. You don't want the coin toss determining the outcome of a game. And that was achieved. That was completely achieved, I think. Uh, it, it was As close as you can get to it being achieved. And I would like to see that happen in the regular season. Because I've always thought the dumbest thing about this sport is that a coin toss can determine like 30% of a win probability heading into overtime. Or more than that. It's like more than that even. And... I don't know that we'll ever get to it being done in the regular season also cuz it I think it does it can take longer of course. You can get into double overtime, but I would like to see them someday do this for all NFL games. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here if you have more thoughts on the overtime, we can do that. We also have the uh Super Bowl commercials. You want to get to anything there? Halftime show Usher. I saw a really funny tweet from someone last night said that I think it was maybe yards per pass, <laughs> good account. I think he wrote something like, um, this is a really good halftime show if you were born between the years, you know, 1983 and 1990 <laughs> or something like that. It was yes. really funny. We'll, uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back here and uh, take more of your phone calls on WGR on the Extra Point Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My punt. Townsend goes down and now picked up by McCullough. He fumbles it. He fumbles the punt. A muff punt. And Kansas City's got the football. He's got the football at the San Francisco 17-yard line. That was the Ray-Ray McLeod play. Felt bad for Ray-Ray. He made the right call, but he couldn't pick the ball up. It had hit one of his players, his teammates, in the foot, slash calf area, wherever that was. So it becomes a live ball. He had to pick it up, and he couldn't do it. And the Chiefs wind up benef- uh, the beneficiaries. They get the ball, and then they score a touchdown right after that. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Jody Biasi, the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Dan is in Orchard Park. Thanks for holding, Dan. You're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. First-time caller, long-time listener. Um, I've got three solutions for the Bills to, to win the Super Bowl this year, or next year, well, this coming year. Uh, first of all, Everybody knows we need at least two more receivers for sure. Two more cheetahs, uh, fast, quick guys. We need to adopt the San Francisco offense, uh, their scheme. You know all the zigzagging that they do. Uh, it seems to be the best way to, you know, run an offense, in my opinion. But the the biggest thing, in my opinion, is their attitude. They need. Uh, 
I think they should write the word dominate on every wall and every locker, on every email, whatever, for the whole season, and just adopt the attitude of domination because um, they've, the, they've got the people to do it. Uh, they've got the skills. They've got the personnel. Uh, and I, I just think it's a mindset. I mean, the Miami Dolphins did it. They went 17-0 and 0 a number of years back. There's no reason why the Bills can't do the same thing. What's your thoughts? I don't think attitude's a problem. I mean, yeah, they, they try to win every game. They try to dominate. It's two teams that are professionals on each side trying to win. Um, yeah, I don't think that's an issue. I think it's interesting about the – so, I mean, I'm, you know, down there covering the games, and I I mean, they're these are really hardcore people who are very, very serious about their jobs. I'll tell you that, Dan. So I don't think that's an issue at all, but I do find it interesting about your offensive point, Joe. Um, I don't know. Would that work for Buffalo with Josh Allen as the quarterback? I'm not so sure that that's the kind of offense you want to run. I do like their offense. I like it for them. I like it for Brock Purdy. But it also showed, remember when they drafted Trey Lance, he had all these tools and he didn't quite fit into what they were doing. Yeah. Well, when they drafted him, there was a story from, I'll find who it was. But what I remember is, this. I think that maybe came out this year when talking about Purdy. It was a story about Purdy. That Shanahan, when they lost the Bills in the COVID year, they got smoked by the Bills, and Allen was amazing. Like, Allen couldn't be stopped. That Shanahan basically determined that night that I I need a guy like that. That I want to see what that guy looks like in my scheme. Because that guy can do everything above and beyond the scheme that I don't have. And that was some of the sentiment behind why they drafted Trey Lance. It could be that type of quarterback doesn't fit into that. We haven't really seen it been tested. Lance, like I, I don't know, like we didn't really get to see him. He got hurt. We were about to see it, what it looked like for a full year. We got one game that was in a giant monsoon, and that's it. He might have been terrible, right? Like, it, it, was it the style, or was it just that he's terrible? Um, or was it that Purdy showed up and was so good that like they couldn't go back? I don't know. So I think you'd be you'd be going into uncharted territory with an Allen type of quarterback that can do all this above and beyond stuff in a Shanahan type of scheme. Because if you look at all the quarterbacks that have played in that style of offense, it's Tua, it's Brock Purdy, it's Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, it's Stafford and Goff. Like you don't really have the alien type of quarterback. Maybe maybe Mahomes with Reed, but Reed's offense is not. It's different in in many ways than Shanahan's. So, like, maybe that's the closest thing. I I don't know. I think it could work. I would like to see some elements of that type of offense incorporated. But I also feel like Joe Brady does some of that. There was a play yesterday I was watching with friends, and they threw a bubble screen to Debo Samuel with motion coming from the right. And they hit on the blocks, and then Debo hit the hole, and got like 10 yards, he ran through a guy to get like an extra three. There was a yak play that was designed and it worked. And someone said like, oh, I wish the Bills could could execute a play like that. Like, that's a play you'll never see the Bills do. And I thought, the Bills did try that play this year. They, all those bubble screens to Stephon Diggs, where there was motion running across, and then the throw would go back to the left to Diggs, or to the right to Diggs, on opposite from where the motion was. Joe Brady ran that play. They just don't have Debo Samuel or Tyree Kill. Like, they just don't have that player. So, I don't know that it can't be executed with Josh Allen. I just 
don't really think they were built to run that way. And I don't know that you can, in one offseason, get so different personnel-wise that you can just go full speed into that. I'd like to see it you know, tested in spots, but I don't think they're going to look like the Niners offense next year. Would you uh, real quick on this overtime thing? Would you ever entertain an onside kick to open it up? Uh, no. If you don't recover, they get the ball there, but yeah, no. you still get you still get your possession if they score. But if you recover, oh, you wait. win the game with that's, a field goal. That's right. I still get my possession even if I onside. That's kick right it? because it's a regular kick. Then if they recover, hmm. interesting. Uh I don't know. Onside kicks are so low. I know. Like I. I pro- probably not. I would think about it because I didn't realize that you would get the ball back anyway. But no, I think I'd probably still kick off. It's yeah, so I low. Think me too. But it it is it is an interesting option because yeah, the downside if you don't recover it, okay, well the other team just starts with good field position, but you're still playing overtime like normal. But if you do recover it, <laughs> you have a chance to win the game I, in like three plays. Yeah, I'll say this: the one one thing that I would definitely do in overtime that I feel like this would be the thing that a lot of coaches wouldn't, maybe some would is if I got the ball first, I'm going for two every time. I'm going for two every single time. I know the risk of if I don't get the two, then they can win it with seven. But the upside of I am guaranteeing that the worst-case scenario for me is I'm getting a third possession field goal to win it, Mm -hmm. I'm going for those two yards to get that. Just so to to wrap this up, great call. I think it was from Scott earlier, if if I remember, who asked these rules questions in the onside kick. The reason why... It's actually in the rule book, and, and they word it very carefully, Joe. It is not that each team is guaranteed a possession. Each team is guaranteed an opportunity to possess the ball. That's the way it's written. That's okay. why the onside kick would count as you had your opportunity to pass the ball, to possess the ball, but the other team recovered it. But would they not say, okay, that was your opportunity, so now you don't get the ball back? They wouldn't say that? Uh, you mean for the kicking team? Yeah, like if I if I kick the onside kick, they, they the league wouldn't say, well, no. that onside kick was you you tried to get the ball and that was the that was the opportunity you decided to take. No, no, okay. because the opportunity would be built into the rules. Like the opportunity is you receiving. Gotcha. The opportunity. Okay. It's, it, it, if you decide to do it, that's up to you. I mean, heck, what if the kicker slips or something? Like you can't penalize them for that. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So they wouldn't do that. But that's why it's actually written in the rules. There's not a guaranteed possession. It's a guaranteed an opportunity to possess the ball, which is really interesting. And a really interesting point made, believe it or not, by Pro Football Talk. I'm reading an article from early in the season, and they said, you know, if you're in a game like the Bills had with the Chiefs a few years ago, the 13 seconds game, you actually might want to try the onside kick because they're just going to keep scoring anyway. Right, like, what's the downside? Like, what what happened? Who cares? You get them to him at the twenty, the twenty-five, or the forty. They're going to score. At least, maybe you get a chance to get the ball back without giving them the ball. Hmm. I just find it interesting. It's a lot of stuff yeah. you could think about here. Um, all right, real quick, we'll go out to Russ in New Jersey on this. Go ahead, Russ. Uh, good good morning, guys. You know, I, I I saw some criticism last night, and I have no understanding of it of the Forty ers taking the ball first. I agree with that decision 100%. Here's the way I'm looking at it. If you've kicked the ball to KC and Mahomes did, did, does what he did, happens to be, I'm not saying he's definitely going to do it, but he did come score a touchdown, and you give back the ball to Purdy, okay, and Purdy does unbelievable, and he scores a touchdown. 
The ball's in Casey's hands, like the old rules, and there's going to be one whoever scores next wins it, and you give it back to Casey. San Francisco drove the ball down to the nine-yard line. They score a touchdown there, which they didn't, obviously. Okay, and Mahomes comes down and scores a touchdown. You have the ball, okay, and it's in your possession to win the game, and Mahomes may never touch the ball again. I have no understanding why you would give Casey the kick. Okay, and let them come and let them dictate. And then Frisco, even if you do score, you're counting on Mahomes not scoring even a field goal. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I thought it was the right decision. And, you know, they came close, but they didn't get it in. Can I throw the caveat out, Russ, why you would do it? And I agree with you, but I just want to throw this out because Joe will tell you. Yes. You don't have to give it back to Mahomes. You can go for two. Uh, you, you say, That's you say, why you, you do it. Yeah. yeah. You'd have a 50% wait, 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 chance, wait, 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 essentially. If you, for, wait, wait, if you go for two and you miss it, I don't you lose. live another day. You'll live another uh, maybe. Day. But if you go for, but if you, but, but there's about a, it's about a 50, what, Joe, what's the two-point conversion rate in the NFL? It's, it's about like, 50%, right? It's like, it's like slightly over. It's like 53, 54 or something. Well, yeah. you're giving yourself a 53% chance to win on a two-point conversion. So, Russ, why that's why you would why do why it. But why wouldn't you do it the other way? If I score, let, let me tell you something. First of all, even when they scored a field goal, I thought Frisco. I know it's Mahomes, and I know he's done it to everybody. But if you think about it, they played a full four quarters, and the only touchdown at that point he scored was the one off the fumble off the guy's foot, where they scored on the next play. So you had to feel, you know, they they were probably a little gassed because it was a long game. But I feel if you get the ball and you come down and you score, and especially if you score a touchdown, you're putting the pressure on Mahomes, which is not really any pressure, but you're putting it. And then if he scores. It's in your hands to win the game. That's the way I, I just thought. You, no, got... no, no. You're putting it in Mahomes' hands. We're coming from the Niners. If you've kicked, if you've scored a touchdown first and kicked the extra point, like someone's going for two. That, that's that's inherently yeah. clear. Somebody is going you, for two. You, you, you think? You think? You? I'm asking you a question. You think yeah. if Frisco would have scored on the opening drive? And Casey would have came down and scored. You think they and you think they would have gone for two? Chris Jones said they would have. Yes, they, they said they already would've. rehearsed it. Of course they would, because if, if you don't go for two, you're giving the Niners the ball back for a field goal to win it. No coach in the right mind's going to let them do that. Well, they already said that, Russ. Just so you know. Hold on, Russ. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. You know, just so you know, after the game, it was asked like what would have happened, and Chiefs players said. We knew that if we were in that situation, we would have gone for right. two to win it. Because if you don't, you give the okay. Niners the ball back, and they only yes. need a field goal to win, and that's a horrible proposition. Right. The only thing I thought to Frisco, listen, it was a good game and a couple of mistakes by both teams, but it was a, you know, you can't knock anybody. I thought, and I know it's probably been mentioned today, but I just thought that Frisco, in the third quarter when they had no running yards, I, I thought they had no no yards. I thought they just didn't run the ball enough. And if you saw, you know, when we played, when the Bills played them and this, you know, they should have just, just McCaffrey was getting, for the most part, four, five, six yards of carry. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know he had some minus or negative ones and it doesn't show up in the box score, but it seems like they went away from that in the third quarter. Yeah, I I agree. Russ, i got to run. Thanks. Great call. Great call. Great thoughts. Just let, just think about that two-point thing, if you will, uh, today a little bit. I, I would say this before we hit a break here to to, you know, get to the final segment. I think the penalty totally bailed out Kyle Shanahan's horrible play calling to start overtime, Joe. He threw the ball in three straight plays. Yeah. In overtime. Right? Wasn't it? Or at least through on first down, maybe they got nothing. Whatever it was. To start overtime, I'm like, what is Kyle Shanahan doing? 
Christian McCaffrey did not touch the ball on the first three plays, and they had to punt, but they didn't because they had a penalty. He got bailed out by that, and then he finally gave the ball back to McCaffrey. I agree with Russ about that in the third quarter. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here on your Monday on WGR. All right, Joe, let's do this. we got a couple minutes left. I promise some commercial talk and some halftime talk. We'll start with commercials. I didn't watch all of them, probably not even, maybe, maybe about half of them. I love the trailer, by the way, for Quiet Place Day One. That looked really yeah. scary and awesome. Uh, what'd you think? Any any good ones? Any bad ones? I was at a party where a lot of, I mean, there were enough people where the talking over the commercials happened enough, which was fine by me anyway. So I only saw a few of them with the sound, and I would say the one Tua, Patrick Stewart, Drew Barrymore, etc., Paramount Plus commercial did mm-hmm. not work without being the full length. Like online, it was like two and a half right. minutes. Yes. 30 seconds, I didn't think it worked, really. Um, you missed the Patrick Stewart arm sleeve throw the child part. It was the best part of the whole commercial, and they didn't have it in there. And then I thought the Dunkin' Donuts one was actually pretty funny, despite the fact that it had Tom Brady and Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon, the Boston vibe. And what was the one other one that I thought was really good? Oh, the BMW Christian, Christopher Walken. Perfect. So good. Num- that was my number he's, one. He's amazing. I, wait, I saw the commercial... He threw the child in the commercial I watched. He he threw it, but bef- in the elongated one, the full one, right before yeah. he does it, he looks at his armband and flips it open like a play sheet, oh. and it just says, throw the child. Yes. So okay, you're right. I love that. All right, and what about Usher? Usher was great. Usher was great. All of it. I was surprised I liked it as much as I did. Uh, he roller skates? Also, that's tough. The roller skates was great. He also, did he set the record for the most special guests in one act? There was like f- seven people. Ah uh, no, I've seen. I don't know. Maybe I don't know the answer to that. But although I've seen several like halftime shows with a lot of people come out, the doctor. As I'm saying that, the Dr. Dre one had like ten. Yep, Eminem, and Eminem, and Fifty Cent. Yeah, there were a lot. I remember years ago with InSync and Britney Spears and Nelly. There was a whole bunch of them that came out, and uh, our Aerosmith was in that one. That was in Tampa. Right. Yeah, but it was it was very good. Little John crushing it, just yelling okay. Mm-hmm. He's made a career off of it. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. Sabres live up next. One Bills live after that. Show up with the Bulldog at 3 p.m. on WGR. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Monday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.